All right, everybody, welcome into Hacked History. This is episode six? Yes. Six? Yep, six. All right. Hooray. Yay, we can count. This is episode six. It's this episode six, and y'all are still focused on Hitler. We looked at the demographics this morning. <laughs> you apparently all really enjoy learning about Hitler. Or you so... listened to it more than once. What is going on over there, Brazil? I don't know. No, no, Jake. We're... No, wait, that was Argentina. We, we were right. No, that was Argentina. Can we not alienate the new audience we have? Thank no. you. <laughs> we, we looked at all the numbers, so thank you for everyone who's been, to, who's been listening from Brazil. That really surprised both of us. Uh... Shout out to all of our Brazilian shout listeners. Shout out to the boys from Brazil. Also, shout out for all of our United States listeners. We haven't forgotten you. You're still the you're still the bulk of our listenership, so thank you for tuning in. All 15 of you listening to us three times a day. You know what? Thank you, Karen. I don't care how I many appreciate people, it. I don't care how many times you listen. It, it, it makes me excited to see the numbers keep going it's up. So uh, thank you to everybody who listened. Just as a reminder, we are on all of your, spot, your top Spotify. Well, top Spotify. Wow. Words Way to go, buddy. We are on all the top pro- podcast providers <laughs> out there. The top Spotify. <laughs> what uh, the fuck? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Squeezebox. Yes, that's a real thing. <laughs> Squeezebox. Uh, just as something I haven't mentioned on previous episodes, if you want to go give us a rating on Podchaser, we would greatly, uh, greatly appreciate it. Really, just any ratings would help us out right now. We currently don't have any. Obviously, we'd appreciate good ratings but any ratings right now would be would be nice to have so uh <laughs> just as a reminder if you want to contact us you can do that via our gmail at hackshistory 101 at gmail.com uh we'd love to hear from some of our listeners out there and if you don't speak english which chances are if you listen to this podcast we're assuming you do uh if you go and uh give us an email in a different language we'll figure out a way to translate it we're uh we're savvy Google, Google, Google Translate, Translate will yeah. do it, if I, albeit slightly inaccurately. But. We'll, we'll do our best to respond. It might not be great, but <laughs> if you want to give us an email out there, we'd greatly appreciate we, it. You would, like, translate it over from, like, English to Brazilian, and because of the way that we, we write it in our Midwestern dialect, it makes it sound like we're just being unnecessarily sarcastic. We promise we're not being sarcastic. No, of course or, not. But I'm afraid that's what technologies will do, do into us there. It's quite possible. Anyway. <laughs> it's quite um, possible. I mean, I do enjoy sarcasm, so there are definitely sometimes in this podcast which I've been sarcastic, so. Some? <laughs> Fucking most. Okay, 80% of the podcast. Give or take, there you go, alright. 80% of my comments The people need to know. You're right, you're yeah. right. <laughs> you're right. I didn't lie, I just underestimated my guesstimate. <laughs> uh, so this week now, um, we're going to be talking about my man, T-Jeff. T-Jeff? <laughs> Otherwise known as Tom Jeff. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Thomas motherfucking Jefferson. We were going to have a joke about Sally Hemings lined up for... You know what? We won't, because most of you know that we don't want to go that route. You don't want to go down that All I, You don't want to go down that route. <laughs> no, you don't want to go. No, some people don't want to... Sometimes, sometimes going down that route is bad. <laughs> Shout out to that guy from oh, whatever movie that was. It's South Park. South That's Park. South Park, but he took that character oh, it's from Pet from Cemetery. South- oh, is that what he it was? He took it from Pet Cemetery. Oh. the old guy saying dead is better. Shout out to that old man, whatever his name is. Michael Landis. Maybe? Shout out know. to that person. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so our main man today is Thomas Jefferson. One of, as of recent, like within the 2000s, right? Give or take, I think it was. One of both the most like admirable, yet really, really like interesting characters of American history, <laughs> because the Sally Hemings joke was gonna be something bad. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be real bad, but we won't do that. All right, we're not gonna stoop to that level. <laughs> Prepare something yet. or other. All right, oh, boy. we're getting there. No, don't do it. Don't do it. 
Talk to the Chuck J. Well, you gotta give it like a clickbaity title. <laughs> Something that YouTube would strike down almost immediately, like Walt Disney hates Jews? Question mark exclamation point. To be honest, I threw a semicolon in there just for fun to know what people knew what that was. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Anyway, so let's get down the bio Thomas here. Jeff, this guy is old and dead. Yeah, you bet your ass he's just dead. Just like most people we talk about on this show, he's old and dead. Well, yeah. Wait till we get to the life, people. Wait till we get to, like, fucking, like, well, Ronald Reagan. That is dead. how we, we get, get actually sued. Yeah, for real. That's when we start. To, well, you could get sued by Disney. Disney's been dead for years, and they still keep him cryogenically frozen under fucking, like, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. <laughs> I thought you were going to go Lee Willis. No. Oh. I was trying to go uh, Disney Mouse. <laughs> I can't fucking do it. Mickey, anyway, do it. we've already started wasting too much. People, have to, people give us the audio code. They start finally at like 4 minutes and 54 seconds. Our first review is we, these guys didn't talk about what they were supposed to be talking about. Oh, for right, 90% of the podcast. of the time. Most of the podcast was you talking over me. But anyway, Thomas Jefferson. All right. Yes, Thomas. All right, Thomas. All right. Scroll Tom as here as opposed to the son tank, of a bitch as opposed to the tank engine. <laughs> oh, I was thinking Uncle Tom's cabin, but that works too. <laughs> oh, you know I feel like he wouldn't have liked that book. I don't think he would have. I don't know if he would have really. I really don't know what because he's kind of bipolar in most of his opinions. Anyway, so Thomas Jefferson, he was start from the beginning, literally rocketing out of his mom's vag. It's all right, uh, like most people, <laughs> unless you're the one test tube child. <laughs> C-sections are a thing too, C-sections are a thing, but you they know, back in the day... They, they were not back in the day. Back in the day, they were not, and that's why I said it, because I come correct to every one of these podcasts. <laughs> so anyway, Thomas Jefferson is born on the 13th of April in 1743 in Shadwell, in the Virginia colony. Shadwell? Shadwell. Good old Shadwell. It's a piece of shit now, but it's only because hey, of Shout reasons. out to anybody from Shadwell. I hope you listen to this podcast. <laughs> shout out to the one dude from just, Shadwell that just goes... Just so you know. I, love, I would love a guy who, if we shout out and, like, on like I've never been to Shadwell, although maybe we have. But during our like thing, we were in Virginia. There's a chance, and I've it been. been. Yeah. But the fact being is like if I if a person from Shadwell comes and like give like slides into our DMs, what I'm gonna love about it is the fact that he's literally gonna be like every British person when you talk shit about like London or Manchester. Go, it's shit. <laughs> Everything is shit. It doesn't matter. There's no civic pride. Anyway, like, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of East Coast towns are revolved around the philosophy that we know it's shit, but we are the only people who can call it shit. That's true. So if you call it shit, you're worse a, than we are. We're going to have a problem. We're going to have to throw down I a little like, bit of north-south divide here. <laughs> Actually, no, Virginia was sort of an in-between, but whatever. So, <laughs> he's born to the parents Peter Jefferson, who was a planter and surveyor. And Jane Randolph, who basically was just a housewife, because at the time, as you know, women couldn't hold jobs. Yeah, great. Anyway, um, they migrated to the colony from England before Thomas Jefferson was born. Jefferson would be the third of ten children in the family. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when we talk about stuff like from the 1700s, uh, they always people always ask, like my students used to always ask, like, oh, they have so many kids. And I go, because a good number of them would probably die. Because yeah, and child mortality was pretty good. You could be carried away by a fucking wolverine into the woods, for all I know. Well, and for a good number of these families too, if you're coming from uh, if you're coming from more rural uh, roots, you know, to to sort of be like 
the labor on a lot of these farms, like, mm-hmm. if they didn't, especially if they didn't have slaves. I think in Thomas Jefferson's case, they did have slaves. Um, uh, his parents? No, actually, I sure? don't think so. Not originally, because... Okay, well, then, then my but point... But they then may my, have labor. Then my point does stand, uh, if you're gonna have a lot of that rural work, you're gonna need people to do the work. In a lot of cases, a lot of that ended up falling to the kids, so... Yeah. Just to have a workforce, they would have... I mean, that kind of a even pertains of even now in the modern times of rural families. Shout out to farming families and the fact that, you know, the son or the daughter, depending, will go into the same position as their parents. Yeah, and back in the day, too, hence the reason why I say being carried off by some sort of furry woodland creature, it is possible, all right? And if you lose one kid, you won't. it won't hurt your base labor output Which as is just much. awful to say. It is, but that's the cold hard facts, man. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. Fucking John Thunderbird just... comes swoops down and picks up my toddler. I'm not going to be all that distraught if I've got 300 other kids to work my farm. <laughs> You're not wrong. He's popping them out like a you, milkman. Here you, we go. But if you just think about like the difference in... The <laughs> so diff- bad. The diff- so fucking the bad. The difference in how kids are viewed nowadays where you got fucking helicopter parents out there. Like, I, <laughs> I love the opposite. I swear, if my son does not start for that basketball team in eighth grade i'm gonna lose my shit oh no shout so, out to the parents no, no, who, just, just to basically that versus if my son gets carried off by a wolverine it's okay i've got eight more that's what i love about that concept is how much of an extreme because shout out to the parents i used to teach with i'm gonna put my kid in football and that kid doesn't want to go into football and that makes them a pansy <laughs> like okay all right, Boomer. If call Johnny on. doesn't start at linebacker this year, I'm going to lose my If Johnny shit. doesn't go toe-to-toe with with Clay Matthews, as, <laughs> I swear to God I will fucking bust a nut. Fire and not coach. in a good way. Fire the coach. <laughs> fire the coach. Shoot the coach. I don't care. <laughs> I'll have O.J. Simpson run my team. Oh, oh no. I don't okay. think you want to do that, no, Greg. No, no, We're just going to – you can't – we're not invoking O.J. Simpson. I'm not, I'm not invoking O.J. Simpson in anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, he used to play football. He did. You're right. Very well, actually. Yeah, he did. Okay. <laughs> and that's where it ends. I'll tell you the one thing. He he was really good at eluding tacklers over the course of his NFL career. He was. Oh, God. We're going into the sports was, podcast was, on accident. He was also pretty good at eluding charges. He was. <laughs> anyway. I don't know what that sound was. I think your glasses moved. I thought my phone made a sound. Um. So, yeah. Back on track. Anyway, so... T- He's one of many children. We literally... I just want to want to point out, for those of you listening, just as a quick aside, this is the second bullet point on my fucking list, and we literally already got sidetracked. We were sidetracked before we started the list. Anyway, so due to Jefferson's dad being one of the early settlers in what they call the wilderness country, and his position of leadership in the community, as most older like people from the 1600s, 1700s, you know, if your dad was prominent... Odds are you'd probably get a position just based on association. So uh, the young Thomas Jefferson at the time, he that leadership quality and sort of prominence of his dad kind of shifts over to him when he gets old enough. And then on top of this, and this is why I sometimes wish but also don't wish I lived in this time period, he just got about 5,000 acres of land for free. <laughs> Think about that. Like, I can't buy a fucking house for maybe less than 150000 but goddamn, you know, 5,000 acres for free. Well, I think we should also 
Yes, we, we are not talking about we should, the we concepts caveat, of property management. We should caveat that by saying that property management in yeah. the 1700s was a very different scenario. There wasn't any. <laughs> and the fact that he was able to have that land, he was one of very, very few people who would have been set up in that situation. Exactly, right? That means, though, in, in percentage, so it's basically like the concept of like the rich dad giving his son about a million dollars or so as like a starter for his business ventures, this is kind of what this is. It's a show it's of wealth. Like it's kind of Donald Trump situation. I was going to go there I without actually to, going there, go but you're there. right. <laughs> but it really is the same scenario, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a quote from one of my favorite movies, Dodgeball. Uh, Dip, duck, dive, dodge, and dodge. Not that quote. <laughs> talking about the beginning of the movie where White Goodman's talking about how we got started, and he's just he like, I built this, I built this gym with my my blood, sweat, and tears, and yes, a large inheritance from my father, <laughs> Earl Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I mean, in this sense, it really, you know, it rings true. So. It does, yeah, it does, it really does. So anyway, um, at the age of seventeen, young Thomas entered the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. Fun fact, both me and Lucas have seen that college. Did not go in it, but we did see it in Williamsburg. Awesome place, actually. I really liked it. And while he's there, Jefferson gets excited by his introduction into what is called the expansion of science. This is a direct quote from him. "Is the expansion of science and of the system of things in which we are placed. While there, he engages in the study of law, the sciences, and in both ancient and contemporary history, uh, philosophy, and things of those nature. So, basically, he becomes what... He's got a lot of liberal arts. Basically, he has a what would be the general definition of a liberal arts degree without the interpretive dance. So... Okay, Jake, we have... But who we knows, have, man? We have liberal arts degrees. Who knows? Because Thomas and Jefferson not, could have thrown on some spandex... And told me about the removal of Native Americans through dance, all right? Sure. I know I'm not going to judge. Quick side note, we have liberal arts degrees, and I did not take an interpretive dance exactly. class. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We're like Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow, that was conceited as hell. That's very conceited. We're close to Jesus. All right, anyway. Let's keep going. So, um, so while he's this whole... For 17, though, that is rather young, but it is at the time period. You don't have a set education system like we do now, because... For Thomas Jefferson's situation, even though he's wealthy, the average education for a person was not even like reading or writing in most cases. I mean, either you did it was read or write. Was that his existence? Pretty much. <laughs> Can you pick up the shovel and dig in the ground? Good. Can you not die of sepsis or okay. some unknown disease? I know no one's gonna add us for this because no one's still alive in this era. But the, t- the type of the type. Shout of- out to the one ghost that shows up tonight in your sleep. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about, bro? No, I'm just clarifying. The type of education these people had was different in the sense that a lot of people didn't have an academic education. No, no you didn't. But they were very knowledgeable in how to grow crops. And yeah, you or, basically, it was sort of like street smarts versus book smarts. And that street smarts was sort of knowing how the seasons work, the farming etiquette. Um, it depended, uh, depending on how wealthy the family could be. Well, if you, you could in- have the basic reading and writing, most middle classes, we would consider them families had those. But it was not required like it I mean, is let's now. Let's just tear down all the walls. If you owned a plantation, you had chances yeah. are you had that sort of academic. Yeah. See, plantations would basically education. be like the rich people who could send their kids to like Harvard or Yale by college standards, and then there's and the poor were, people. Who, if you were from the north and you were a factory owner, you probably had. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't just education. farmers, but it was mostly upper class. That's what we're kind of angling towards here. Well, it yeah the, um, God, why can't I think of this word right now? 
Well, I can't think of it. Let's just say the the economics really divided education even maybe more. Oh, you more mean so. like the class structure? Yeah, the the with the class yeah. structure and, and like economics situation. Oh yeah, yeah, really, of course it did. That really had like the biggest impact on education in that time period. And yeah. to a point, it still does today. But I feel like it was a lot, yeah, a lot more pronounced at that point in time. And it was to a degree, right? Because I mean, you there, have there somebody was, like Jefferson. There was no FAFSA. Like, no, there was no FAFSA. You couldn't get loans to go to. Shit, FAFSA is pretty much useless even now. Okay, the point is, but there are there are programs in place. Exactly, right? That's now. where we're getting at. <laughs> Remember, I will throw my opinion on just about anything, whether I know or not. <laughs> I know you will. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous philosophy, my friend. <laughs> I'm like I'm like the I'm like the Norman Riggs. Of like this fucking, I'm I'm the guy from uh, Lethal Weapon too. I'm the Mel Gibson without the racism or the hatred of Jews. Anyway, I'm a cop on the edge. I just say whatever You're comes to mind. Loose cannon, cop on the edge. Loose cannon, cop on the edge. I'm running the red line. <laughs> Does that mean he's suicidal? I don't know. The chief, God damn it! Why won't you listen? <laughs> the chief, chief, chief's up my ass and love. <laughs> why can't you follow the regulations, son? Fuck your book. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that one came from a deep place. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that being said, too, what you were pointing out in terms of education, some parents may not have seen it as necessary, right? If you, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, so it was up. It was really kind of up to money, and then parental preference, depending if there was money. Yeah, and it was, but it was very sort of. Well, Jefferson came from a spot of very high he, education. He did, yeah. So in that, you know, he had pretty much sort of his his life set up pretty early. Uh, he gets admitted to the bar, which is the sort of like association of lawyers. Ooh, la, la. Yes, the bar. He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. <laughs> He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. In 1767, and he actually does establish a successful practice. So he's not, you know, he's not a bad lawyer. At that point in time now, as people who know the basics about American history, 1767 up until about 1795... No, that's not right. I think that was 1765. Yeah. What? Wait, what are you... <laughs> I had this backwards. What are you doing? Hold up now. Buddy? Hold up now. I think I know what I did wrong. I think I had the American Revolution dates backwards. And now we lost all of our subscribers. Yeah. That's good. You, don't, you don't know the American Revolution? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, Everybody at Jake. Yeah, <laughs> at me. At me, I will fight you tooth and nail to tell you I was right. Yes, the American Revolution started right. in 1795 and went backwards in 1783. Marty! Marty! <laughs> we gotta go back! We gotta go back, Marty! We shut up! Fuck that Declaration of Independence shit. That never happened. Anyway, so the American Revolution shortened... Stop. I'm gonna just get rid of that because that's actually bothering me. The American Revolution for what it was worth at that point in time, basically disrupted his practice. Because now you were had a bunch of colonies that were British originally. You have the no, tax, no taxation without representation. You had public distress. The or, Stamp Act, yeah. yo. Stamp Act. You had a, well, there's a bunch of stuff. Too a bunch of acts. Yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of acts. Very big, very small, but very, very important. If you need to know about the American Revolution, side yeah. note, go look it up in, we can online. Shit. Just yeah. literally look up Do the it. American Revolution. And That's I hope it. to God if you're... From America, you don't have to look this up, but please, God, I if, mean, you, if you don't know what it is, please look it up. I mean, if you are from America and have better editing skills on Word document than I do, there you go. Uh, but yeah, it, when that revolution happens, it forces him to abandon his original practice of being a lawyer because now there's upheaval, right? I mean, technically, working for the bar meant you were working for the state. Well, what's the state now if the British government's being overthrown? It really kind of is null and void. So basically what you're saying is 
the concept of law at that point in time was very difficult because he was yeah. he originally started practicing under what were the colonial laws. Yeah, set he up was by practicing the, under what up, was considered British. Set up by the British legal yeah, system. Yeah. And then when this sort of rebellion started happening, he found himself in a really precarious spot because he didn't know technically where the law would be at all times because it was more circumstantial, right? Yeah, it was very circumstantial. And on top of that, as we know, at the time that that happened, oh, here comes Ben Schlichtig through the door. Anyway, um, shout out to our boy Ben. He uh, he really started to I – mean, back in the day, too, if you did practice British law, a lot of people might know that, and that may label you as a loyalist, which really would piss people off. Well, if you know anything about American history, you know Jefferson was not a loyalist. He was not. That's not but a you tag didn't he would have wanted. But that's not a thing he would have wanted, yeah. Right? If he decided to do that even for money, it would have become a problem for him. So he kind of shifts gears here. So law is an issue. So what? Yeah, what does he? So what he what he does is he shifts his gear. It still is a legal person, but he uses his legal skills for the rebel cause. Basically, sort of drafting these plans and documents that would help the uprising colonialists sort of gain an understanding, right? Because any good uprising. Usually, if it's done... Needs completely. a lawyer. Well, it does. <laughs> he kind of does. He needs the Stursky and Hitch. And that's the doctors, but, you know, whatever. Um, but the fact being is, the, the uh, if you were to do a successful uprising, you don't want to fuck it up by not having a government structure to put in place. Yeah. If this is about politics. So, if you do this fight and you're fighting the British, who, to be honest, are substantially bigger, even though this is a colony, and they could just shit the whole army over... And, Shove their foot all well, the see, way up your the, ass. The whole issue with the Brits is they didn't take it seriously enough from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I mean, their whole thing well, was... And there's the distance to account for, Well, it, yeah, it, that, but, like, when it happened, like, their whole thing was, all oh, these colonists... Oh, uh, yeah, crushed them. Well, basically, what the, the U.S. did was... The peasants opera. Basically, the, the way the U.S. won the American Revolution, which is something a lot of people don't think about, mm-hmm. was not by essentially like a military like show of strength they won the american revolution essentially by just pissing england off to the point where like you know what screw it i don't want to pay any more money or waste any more resources on this i know right because they were already (laughs) fighting the french and they've been dealing with other problems so, so they were just like, you know what? This is just not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it anymore. I love the thing that Go King on. George just got up from his chair and said, "Fuck it," and walked out of the room. <laughs> Fuck it. He just rage quit that shit. What did you say, sir? Should I should I put that in the letter? To the, <laughs> should I put that in the letter to the American should colonists? I send it Fuck to, him. Should I send it? Should I send it to Cornwallis and tell him to suck my dick? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, he's having the he he's having one of those rage quit Fortnite rage quits right now. <laughs> Why'd you dab on this bitch? Absolute shot for King George. Hey. <laughs> Okay. King George the Third. We gotta be right about that. There's about like eight or nine Georges so, there. So, 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 uh, Thomas Jefferson switches to the light side. It, he switches to the Jedi. He's a Jedi now. He's a Jedi now. He's the Jedi's he, lawyer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they were gonna need that shit. Anyway, um, and he, kind of from that point in time, he starts for a short period, sort of working with them on drafting documents. He does, uh. Sorry, I actually lost my position. Here we go. He does get his first holding to like a public office as a representative in the Virginian House of Burgesses, and that's the nation's first elected body of government. So effectively, like it's a House of Representatives, like the first House of Representatives for the, or the colony of the state of Virginia. Well, at that point, it was just a colony. Yeah, it was still a colony. It wouldn't be considered a state until they win. But um, so Which, spoiler alert, they do. They do. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, Big spoilers. No, actually, technically, we're living in, like, a Matrix situation here, where the Spanish won the Revolutionary oh, War. Oh, man, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, bro. He's dodging musket bullets and shit. That seems like a stupid movie in hindsight. Anyway, um, 
And around that time, he actually starts building Monticello as his like personal, like from a personal design. Mm-hmm. So around like the set, around the time that he starts going into politics, politics is when he starts building his house. Sort of like a, a like a personal thing going on. He feels then like you can just walk like in the he door. He feels dude. like he deserved it. You he know? did. Yeah. He's this house he got to treat yourself. You know. Treat yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself. You, not you're, with the slaves though. You're, you're Don't alleged, treat yourself you're, with the slaves. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Anyway, so. uh... During his political emergence, Jefferson rose to fame as an effective spokesman for the American cause, and his political thought would become the centerpiece of liberalism in... And my keyboard decided not to work. Here. And you were doing great. In today. the new nation. Shut up. It's been a long week. <laughs> in the new nation. <clears throat> in challenging the British Empire, the American nation came to recognize their claims as to an independent nation. So basically, he was sort of giving a legal, sort of studied voice to this movement. Sort of like what, if we're thinking like the civil rights movement, if we want to think of it sort of in similar terms, kind of like having like various intellectuals go along, well, like the nonviolent side, well, and that like, kind of helps to aid the message. See, it, but you could make a more direct comparison because there were lawyers out there who were specifically arguing the cases for the civil rights cases. Yeah, exactly. Like, unfortunately, I can't think of the lawyers off the top of my head. Well, that's not what but I was saying. But there are plenty of lawyers out there who were doing the same thing Jefferson was doing for the civil rights movement. Yeah, so you mean the uh, the American Revolution? Well, the same, I was making Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Well, no, no, and I'm, I'm saying intellectuals of, of any shade, but yeah, the lawyers included in that. Well, I'm just saying because specifically Specifically, he was arguing legal cases. He yeah, he was. Really and and that would work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. So he, for that point in time, I, it, there aren't a lot of dates because unfortunately I looked at a number of the websites, including the Monticello website, which, God love you for trying, you really need to re-update that format because that was hard to read. It was all over the place. <laughs> so, um, he's basically working here. And he takes his seat in the Second Continental Congress in Philadelphia in June of 1775. For those of you who don't know, the Continental Congress would bring together the most prominent political figures in America at the time in order to determine the national sovereignty of the American nation. Yes, that is redundant. Get off my back. Um, and it was sort of meant as like a, a big like convention of like how do we create a nation when this thing, if it works out. Right? Because if it doesn't work out, they're all just going to be hanged. <laughs> But if it does work out, you better have a fucking plan, running start, otherwise it's going to look bad. <laughs> yeah. Right, so he he works in that process. And when he actually takes his seat on that Continental Congress, he has a hand in making the Declaration of Independence on the 4th of July in 1776. Slight aside, though... One month prior to that signing, Jefferson, who was himself surprised, found himself at the head of the committee to prepare this document, which means he didn't expect this to happen. He wrote the damn thing. He wrote it, but he didn't expect he was ever going to be there. So he actually submitted a draft to John Adams and Benjamin Franklin, who suggested only minor changes, which means that he knew what he was writing about, and he written a good first draft. Which, as a college student, we can tell you, don't fucking happen. Um, oh, I read good first drafts. Shut up. <laughs> Every time. We get it. Your life is hard. <laughs> Anyway, all the time. All, all it works seventy five percent of the time. It works every time. Well, let me tell you a secret though. Some of the papers. Copy that, it. Some of the papers I turned in in college were first drafts. <laughs> nice. That makes me feel slightly bad about myself. But <laughs> don't, don't do that. Anyway, so yeah, and you know he starts to get his introduction into the basic, like what we call the founding fathers here. So by June of seventeen seventy nine. Jefferson, now he's Virginia's governor right after that signing, he is 
living in Virginia, he's doing the state's business, but the war is still going on, right? It won't end until, I think, 1795. And to that point, the British actually... So here's where it kind of changes what he was doing. So the, the reason why I bring this up is that he was actually forced to flee from Monticello at that point because the British decided to sort of initiate like a summer offensive, go down south, and they ran him out of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with that was that he flees, which honestly is a good idea in my opinion because I don't want to fucking die um, if I were <laughs> in his position. But that action hurts his public image. He gets wounded personally by that criticism of his retreat. And so Jefferson pulls himself from that office. So he basically says, like, okay, this sucks. Y'all are mad at me. I'm not going to do it anymore, right? He he gets fed up with it, and he says, I'm done. The only problem here is that that's not the first setback he starts to experience. So the series of setbacks through from 1779 to the early 1780s includes his wife's death in September of 1782. That really drops his mood. Mm-hmm. And he gets really well, sort I, of... That, that makes sense. Yeah, of course, right? You know, And so he, he's sad, obviously. And he feels like his original life is, is really out of reach here. So he's at a, like an impasse, but he's really like imbalanced. So essentially what you're saying is he's used to a life of privilege and success. And when this <laughs> he's stuff, like any when, successful when YouTuber. This, when this shit starts to go south, he's like, I don't fucking Deep know. Deep south. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like every privileged YouTuber whenever they do something fucked up. Except I'm expecting like there should be an old like YouTube apology video from Thomas Jefferson about the retreat from Virginia. <laughs> Hey guys, just a deep sigh. Look, guys, it's me, your boy. I fucked up. It's me, your boy, T. Jeff. It's your boy. 4269. 4269. Eat ass every day. Oh my. Anyway, uh, before, shout out. Before I begin, I want you to encourage you to hit smash, smash that like button. Smash that like button. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. At me on Patreon. Buy some of my merch. <laughs> I need another. I need a third oceanfront house after, in Tahoe. After after his YouTube apology video. Yeah, after happened? his YouTube apology video, but not like his Jake Paul YouTube apology video. Uh, he uh, goes and he's just kind of looking for like something that he's keeping him busy, but something within politics that he's good at doing. And he actually gets he kind of accepts this congressional appointment to the Peace Commission in Paris. Because they are trying at this point in time to actually try to find a way to end this war with the British, even though it's still pretty much kind of going on. He does decline it, oddly enough, which is weird. I I, I kind of researched into why, His but pride it could, was hurt. The, well, I don't even know if it was that because he was eager to do it. So I researched into some of it and they couldn't even really tell me why. Maybe it was just like a last minute change of plans. Who knows? But uh, he ends up working for Congress instead. So this at this point in time, he actually becomes like a congressman proper. Now, so working in the National Congress from November 1783 to May of 1784... I think it's important to note, too, that yeah. this Congress was set up by the Articles of Confederation. Federation, yeah. So, so it's not the, like the proper the, American and this, Congress. this Congress America. was far less powerful than... Yeah. than right. Than so we're, when we, when we talk be. about, like, Congress, we don't mean, like, now American Congress, where it's the branch of government. I mean, even. these people couldn't even levy taxes. They fucking really couldn't. They were basically... <laughs> so, they were just, like, just rabble-rouse at each other for, like, 15 to 30 minutes at a time. So basically, in, un, in an unair conditioned building. Oh, so basically like Congress now, except for now they do it when they have power. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Which is even worse. <laughs> Shout out to you, Mitch McConnell. Anyway. The turtle. No, I'm the, 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 the turtle. I'm the turtle. The fucking turtle. 
So, yeah, anyway, uh, he does, when he's in this Congress, though, start to lay the foundations of national policy in a lot of areas. So he drafted the first regulation of government for the Western Territory, and this sort of helped to determine where the free and slave states would be created out of this wilderness area. So when we say the West... Well, that was the first attempt. When we're saying the West, right, that's not fully effective yet, but he is starting to lay some of the foundation, some of its sticks. When we say the West, though, we are meaning, like, the Ohio River area. We're not talking out to, like... The like the plains west. We're not there yet. Yeah, Lewis and Clark has We're not. We yet. ain't gotten there yet. The white man hasn't sold that much land just yet. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. so while he's in, that's an, that's sort of an inside God, thing. American right? history is a trip. Isn't it's it? a real trip, man. Anyway, so while he's also in Congress, he does have a direct influence in the creation of American foreign policy, where he appointed a three-man commission with. So it was him, Adams, and Franklin. See, I don't know why you're manspreading right now. <laughs> all right, all right. Those of you who can't see, but Luke is basically like wrenched his legs all the way open. It was just like it's staring not, me in the eye. Day. That doesn't explain anything, Harvey. I mean, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, all I'm right. Just pretend you didn't say that. I didn't. <laughs> continue. The internet will never Please forget. Please continue. <laughs> it's just like he's so he's always second guessing himself as to why he had become so, one. <laughs> Jefferson and Adams at this point are friends. Which and, is weird. and and Franklin at this point, they're all I know, three of them are at buds. this point. Yeah, but at this point weird because at the end of their lives they freaking hate. Oh no, they do. Yeah. So when, if you if you know anything about Jefferson, right? They they basically become political rivals, and towards the end, yeah, they start to hate each other. But it's a lot more complicated than just a personal feud, because it goes into party changes. So, um, uh, okay, so basically the plan of this three-person commission was that they were going to go out and negotiate treaties of commerce and trade with other European powers. So this is where you start to see the Americans trading with the French. They try to start trading with a lot of the people in the Mediterranean, uh, the Italians, although even though it's not that, they're different, like, nations, well, not nation states, they're different kingdoms at this point still, I think. Germany is a fucking hodgepodge mess of duchies and cheeses. Germany's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. None of all of which are good. Um, <laughs> shout out to you, Germany. We still love you. Anyway, um, you're the only bastion between us and the Eastern Bloc. <laughs> so uh, the the whole point for that is that that Jefferson actually replaces Franklin as the ambassador to France, which we will be going on to Franklin. And when we do, oh, you better strap the fuck in, because that man is a wild ride. <laughs> He's an absolute unit of an individual. Benjamin Franklin. And uh, he spends the next five years in Europe. I mean, how deep in French prostitutes? I don't know, but he spent five years there. Anyway, um, Jefferson's return in 1798, President Washington at this point, that's we're talking George Washington, not Washington Carver, Appointed him the Secretary of State. You know what? Some people make that mistake. If you if you teach like I do, and I say George, if I say President Washington, they don't know who the fuck that is sometimes. So, and that might be sad. Uh, Thank so God for, the, for America's youth, huh? God bless America. <laughs> anyway, nothing but Madden, TikTok, and vaping. All right. <laughs> anyway, so he they appoint him the Secretary of State, and for those of you who are not familiar with that position, Secretary of State is effectively somebody who sort of works in the dipl- diplomatic field with other countries and they work you know within the united states domestically as well as like foreign policy to a degree there it's sort of vague to a point as to what their full reach of powers is because it has changed over the years but yeah, just, just call mike pompeo he'll tell yeah, you yeah, basically well uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> all of a sudden i'm the one backing off of that joke anyway so uh, yeah he, he he's there and he's trying to sort of make things work out 
And for that next three years, he's sort of engaging in these fruitless negotiations with the European nations again. So he's trying to work with Spain because what they're planning on doing there was trying to secure some free navigation down the Mississippi River to the Gulf of Mexico. Shout out to that song, whatever that song is. <laughs> Battle of New Orleans. I don't remember oh, the old-ass Western singer. 1814. He was a little trip. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to white people music. Um, <laughs> Elvis, I'm looking at you. Uh... And there, he was basically trying to get them to sort of allow the Americans to go down the Mississippi because it's still Spanish territory. Uh, big issue with that, right, is if the Spanish don't like you, they're not going to let your boats go down and trade. That's just the easy way. And it ends in the New Orleans port, which is, at that point in time, because I think it's another name. It's not New Orleans yet. Um, see, the interesting thing about that one, though, is that changes hands like mm-hmm. between the French and the Spanish. New Orleans is the French name. I'm yep. trying to remember what the Spanish name was. I don't remember. I don't remember it either, but... But we know it was a Spanish port. And it was a big Spanish port, so it was necessary. So, uh, and he's trying to work with the British, too, on trying to get their troops out of what is called the Northwest Territory. That is Oregon and Washington areas. Um, they are settled there. How the fuck they got there, I have... It was probably Canada. But to be well, honest, why they stayed there, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> and at this point, what's interesting about the, the British is after the Revolutionary War... Uh, when America ha- has even become, like, a, just a regular country, you still have British troops just, like, chilling. Yeah, if they're... <laughs> just didn't leave, like, you in know, it's fine. Fuck it! <laughs> well, you got Canada to the north, which is technically a crown holding. But, yeah, I mean, that's, like, the whole point of that was, like, you know, he's trying to make certain, because we have the War of 1812 yet to happen, but, you know, the, the problem with that being is that, you know, the British will come back, but he doesn't want another war on a different area, because, shit, that's gonna be real difficult... For them to fight on. Rough time, rough time. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big oofta there, big oofta, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just fighting up there for the cows, the dairy cows. <laughs> like, shout out to that uncomfortable owl. <laughs> Lucas is like, we're wasting so much time. Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> so anyway, uh, he is trying to also settle some issues remaining from the peace treaty between them and the British for the Revolutionary War, which, believe it or not, the Brits are still pretty pissed about it. <laughs> Which is kind of, like, surprising to me, but, you know, you lost to get over it, all right? We win, bro. They lost, like, 60 or 70 colonies or whatever the hell, some crazy number it is. So. To the, from, from today, but at that point in time, that was our first, like, oh, shit, we lost one. Like, you know. I said it once, I'll say it again. Yeah. F's in the chat for King George. Hey. <laughs> Spam F's in the chat for King George. Nope, that's a penis. Don't do that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Flawless. If you don't know, I'm drinking a beer right now. Uh, and at that point in time, so Jefferson, still the Secretary of State, he does try to maintain American neutrality because at this point in time now, the French and the British are going at each other. And this, I think, is the beginning of the not the Napoleonic Wars. It might be, but it's the very beginning of sort of like the the like the wars on the continent of Europe now, which involve Napoleon or start to involve Napoleon. And so. What ends up happening is that America decides, like, kind of like, I want to just back the fuck off of this because we don't want to fight this. This is between you two. The problem is, right, that the French now feel that the Americans need to aid them because originally we had traded with them when we were fighting the Brits. And the Brits kind of want us to fight with them because we've been trying to make nice with them. And now our neutrality is sort of pissing both of them off, which is great because fuck you, France. Um, There's no listeners from there yet, so I can say that with impunity. (laughs) Yet. <laughs> Yet. Germany in the back, not even a country. The one guy listening to him going, yeah! <laughs> Just getting, like, all about it. Anyway, um, he 
kind of takes that hard because what ends up happening is both the British and the French know don't like us. And so that damaged Jefferson's idea of neutrality. And Jefferson, again, gives up his post at the end of 1793. So he basically goes, I, I'm a head out. And like this is a man who's literally left more political posts than I've ever had, which is surprising because <laughs> that's it's really weird. So at this point in time, now 1793, there's about three years that passes and he again wants to be out of politics. And then, you know, they sort of start to swear in John Adams as the who was it the it wasn't the Democratic at that point in time. I'm not sure yeah, which one. Federalist. Federalist, Federalist candidate. candidate for the parties there for the next presidential election in seventeen ninety six. Because believe it or not, uh George Washington's getting old as fuck. Well he said he he only wanted to serve two terms exactly. he wanted to set a precedent and he did. And he did. Right. Mm-hmm. So good on you. Not so good on your doctor who bled you until you died for what was probably like a cold. But anyway. Um, Don't you know, Jake, that's the new hot cure for the coronavirus. Yeah. Just take out all your... Blood. Oh, I thought you were going to be like flagellants like in the Black Plague where they just like no, no. whipping themselves as pedants, but no, they didn't realize that the... it's coming back, man. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because flagellants, they'd whip themselves, but they didn't know that the Black Plague was airborne, <laughs> so it just killed more people, which was great. Anyway, <laughs> that was AP European history, that one. That was a good one. Good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Balls> anyway. <to bark. laughs> anyway. Um, and she gets kind of chosen to be the vice president for the 1796 election and the republican party here they really Demo- democratic republicans let's be kind of yeah well that's what they're called they're, they're called democratic, democratic republicans, republicans but the website called them republicans well yeah. the website's wrong oh my jesus <laughs> so, i get it you want to do the research next time <laughs> anyway who's sitting your shit on my research <laughs> let me remind you i've had a busy week too asshole <laughs> You done? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> anyway, wow, that was patronizing. <laughs> like Kevin Hart, that bit. You you done? You done now? <laughs> anyway. So, um, yes, the Democratic-Republicans. <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ. You done right. Shut up. Democratic-Republicans. I mean, it, you're totally so, right. Just a, a side note here, though. Um, At this point, the vice president is chosen by just straight number of votes. Like, yeah, it's not, not by, like, president choosing them. Well, because what happened the was people would vote for president, and the second person who got the second most votes for president would just become vice president. Yeah. And the reason they don't do that shit anymore is, like, literally because of this. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the problems, too, is they had issues with, like, a tie. Like, how, how do you handle that? You re-vote. Like, there was just, like, this was still the beginning stages. Well, this is, but this is one of the main reasons they don't do it, because they figured out that if you have people from two parties in those positions, yeah. it does not work. It does not. No, it's really a problem. So what ends up happening here is that the Democratic Republicans are trying to double their efforts to elect what they call like a man of the people. So they're looking for somebody who's not considered to be sort of like an upper class individual. Which is ironic because if you look at Jefferson's Yeah, resume. I know. It's really weird. <laughs> but um, so he, he actually tops John Adams in the election and becomes the president on the 4th of March in 1801. In what is now Washington D.C., this is the new capital. Well, that's after Adams served four years. Right? Yeah, this is after Adams yes. served four years. So this is yeah, the yeah, yeah. second time Adams. So this, this would have been Adams' second term. Yeah, he's running for re-election. Jefferson beats him. Yeah, and and Jefferson's main platform was basically the reformation of American society. So he was working with Congress to restore the freedoms of the press, which had actually been removed due to some. Well, the Alien and Sedition Acts. Alien and Sedition Acts, John Adams didn't like people talking bad about him. I know, right? (laughs) To the point where he... Literally, literally shout out to the one president who was like part of the creation of the United States and then was literally like, you know what? Fuck that freedom of the press. Basically, it's like, you read something bad about me? It's over for you. All right, bye. Adios. (laughs) Move around. Anyway. 
Uh, so he starts to restore that back, gets rid of the alien and sedition acts. She restricts the size of the army and navy at this point in time, because right, if anybody knows, a large and massive army is a huge money hole, for especially for a new. Uh, well, they're both like sort of reducing size and also upgrading how the army works. So making it more like a federal army, not just a bunch of militias together. Uh, and then he's eliminating all the internal taxes to sort of interstate taxes, which were causing a lot of problems, especially in like river trade, especially on the Mississippi. And he starts to pay out the national debt. So he's doing a lot of stuff. He is actually, this is the point where a lot of people know him for here because in... 1803. Oh, you talking about a purchase? Yes. Yes. That one Amazon purchase. <laughs> yep. The biggest Amazon yeah, the purchase. The biggest. Literally 800,000 square miles. Except for he screws Napoleon over real bad. He really does, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Jeff is in here, as you may have alluded to, he actually skillfully manages what they call this a crisis of the Louisiana purchase because the problem was you have Napoleon who, at the current situation, is kind of ruling Europe. I've seen so many great memes about this purchase, by the way. Oh, it's so a side good, note, man. like, the, it's there's so a good. Spongebob one where it's just like, the, I have three dollars. <laughs> and Napoleon's have... just like... Done. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the point is, you know, that Jefferson knows that there's a foreign nation basically sort of sitting kinney corner to... And a big check, chunk of land right there with a massive trade route, literally sitting... Kitty corner right there next to the American nation as it sort of right. sits. So he's like, well, that's a fucking problem and we got to deal with that. Because if France decides, like, okay, so sort of context, like we were friends with France, but that could change. Like literally alliances between Britain and France changed, like, I think five or six well, times. Our relationship with France at this point is complicated because if you yeah. look at, like, the XYZ affair that happened yeah. in John In, in the Monroe Doctrine a little bit. He, or was that a little bit later, though? I think the XYZ, that happened during John Adams' presidency. Yeah, the XYZ happened, and I think the Monroe Doctrine was sort of meant to... That was after Jefferson, I Yeah, think. it was at the, after Jefferson, but it does still sort of highlight, because the XYZ affair was, I believe, and, and catch me if I'm wrong, because it's been a bit, and I'm not always so fluent in this area of history. Well, actually, anymore. I actually did some research. On it. I, I, I listened to a podcast with this earlier today, actually. Okay, nice. Well, the XYZ affair, basically what happened was... Um, France was just really pissed at us to the point where they were, like, taking, like, goods and shit from us. Yeah, yeah basically like, would, like, take a boat and, and the they, crew and they, just go. Well, and they got to the point where if they found, like, American soldiers, like, on British, or not soldiers. French. They found, like, American shipmen on, like, British ships. They just kill them. Yeah. Because they considered them treasonous. Because that's how you handle it. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, Americans... This one, this one guy named Greg from Schenectady over here just fucking so got Americans shot. Like, oh, this is kind of a problem. <laughs> this is kind of a problem. <laughs> so John Haddon sends, like, three people over to negotiate with the yeah. French, and it goes... Horribly, horribly wrong. Like yeah, to the point where they much. come back and they think we're going to war with France. Oh yeah. So our relationship with France at this point, not not great. great. No, not Gucci. Definitely not Gucci. No, but in fact, it's much less than Trill, but it's all right. <laughs> um, because it's going to maybe get better. But yeah, in that purchase there, this is his like biggest like this is his like like squad victory moment here. <laughs> it's, shut up, you play the game. I don't. It's a victory royale, my yeah. friend. That's what motherfucker. It's I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> where basically he gets like 800,000 square miles which is a lot of land including New Orleans yeah so including New Orleans, New Orleans which is, is kind a, of the whole point because it, it was a French holding and it was mainly bought because of the port yeah, yeah. The port, and, the and basically it opened up the trade down to South America Central America and to Mexico to a degree but it just is like a huge port and it's a, literally a straight shot all the way up into basically the northern territory it's kind of funny though 
is that they don't own Florida, and they won't until... <laughs> yeah, I know. Not until Jackson goes in there yeah. and takes it from him. Florida's mine now. Shout out, shout out to Jackson. You were running... You were a rogue, my dude. I don't know what was going <laughs> on in your head. Mean. Oh, man. <laughs> An awful, awful, awful meme. It was. It was. There's that meme before they knew what memes were. They're like, oh, this is... Oh, shit. That was just one massive troll. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a Brad. It's just one Brad taking Florida away. So all the, so all the kids can summer and wherever. <laughs> Shut out, we're gonna go do keg stands and fucking Daytona Myers, Beach. Baby. Fort, Fort Myers, Myers doesn't exist. Fort Myers Fort Myers is a fucking log fort in the middle of a swamp infested with malaria. But they're doing a keg stand. Where's Fort Myers, Florida? That's I know. beach town, baby. Beaches. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love the way you didn't break character. It's a beach town, baby. <laughs> Beaches. <laughs> like you're trying to sell me a condo. <laughs> You know what you need? A Honda no, CRV, my no, friend. You need a timeshare, buddy. There you timeshare. go. Oh no. Oh yeah, those are even better. Man, uh, fuck you, timeshare people. Right, so anyway, so yeah, that's his. That's sort of like one of his victory royale moments right there. And uh, he buys this area for uh, what is approximately like eleven point twenty five million dollars at the time, which is way way more. I think it's in like the trillions range. Yes, sir. Are you talking directly to the mic or no? Yes. <laughs> a little bit of, of ASMR. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a podcast there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is I'm oh. going to, uh, I'm gonna put peanut butter on the roof of my mouth and act oh like a dog. God, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I know, I would I'm be out. too. I would be done. Anyway, so, uh, and after which, yeah, he sends Lewis and Clark out to explore that region. And again, that was one of his like big Western expansion policies. Because they came back with all this stuff, right? In a time when people literally thought these guys may never come back. Right. Right, because you're dealing with na- hostile natives, disease, just an unfamiliar territory. Fucking bears. If anybody's ever watched The Revenant, you know how scary that shit gets. <laughs> yes. well, Leonardo DiCaprio's the best. Anyway, um, and there's no other. <laughs> so, okay, so Persia was a big deal. What, yeah. ha- what happens after that? This after that, so because of all those successes, in 1804, he easily gets reelected for a second term. Like, there's no question here. Because yep. people look at him and go, holy shit, this guy's great. Eh, slight problem. Uh, he soon starts experiencing some difficulties, both domestic and foreign, and that's kind of where his presidency starts to come to an end. Uh, his standing in Congress was weakened, and as a result, with his weakening with other Democratic Republicans in Congress... Due to some of the policies he was doing and sort of the way he was handling things, he actually starts to have a what is considered a political revolt in sort of the Western territory. Uh, there was an ex-Democratic Republican leader of the party and a, uh, another prominent member. I don't remember what the names were. I, I had him on there, but to be honest, I didn't want to make this too long with too many details because obviously we're so already over time. He basically kind of crushes this political revolt, which unfortunately those are people within his own party means he doesn't look too good to the rest of the members. So he still maintains control so of the like Congress. The, so basically it's like the Tea Party, modern day and the Effectively, party. yeah, it's right. It's fracturing, yeah. It's fracturing. And the problem was a lot of like a lot of people within the Republican Party were like, that's a problem. Right? And he's and Jefferson like he's with difficulty keeping this boat afloat. The other problem here is that the old France, you just keep fucking with us. Uh <laughs> they the, the situation with France is getting worse, as we know. It isn't like, oh, it was fine, and then it just went to shit. It's not a high school relationship with your girlfriend or boyfriend. It don't work that way. It took some time. But the problem is that France now is starting 
to have even worse and worse relationship with them to the point where you said you're right. Like after the end of the XYZ affair and into like his presidency, people literally thought they were just going to clash. Yeah. So basically to save the peace, Jefferson places an embargo on France as a way of just sort of trying to slow things down. And in that, even though it's successful, the political direction of the Congress now is against him because they don't agree with how he did that policy. They think he should have gone in a different direction. And so he's out. And that's where he kind of retires, right? This is sort of what he wanted in the first place. So in his retirement, he returns to Monticello. He remains interested in a he watch. Writes, he writes John Adams a lot of love letters. He does. No, he does. <laughs> Not love letters, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love you. I love you so much I want to stab you. Not really. Anyway, JK. Why are you such a dumbass? <laughs> Why are you such a dumbass? I want, I want to wait for the moment. That we have a national treasure moment where we're looking for Thomas Jefferson's, like, bro letters to John Adams. John, like, Nicholas Cage is kicking through cobwebs underneath the White House. Oh, my God. National treasure. Might, they might make it. National, national treasure three. They're going to make it. So Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson's bro letters. Why are you such a dumbass, you little bitch? It's like, it's literally just like a YouTube comment thread battle. It's great. Oh, no, not YouTube No, it's going to be bad. Oh, no. Okay. Raffle. <laughs> um, so anyway, he retires. He retires, yeah, but he still remains interested in a wide variety of his intellectual pursuits. So where he was he's dealing with science like stuff. science and agriculture mostly, he really yeah. gets into agriculture. He is still looking into reading and the intellectual studies of like the sciences and studies. He deals a lot with inventions, like where he starts to really get interested in a lot of the new technologies coming around as the industrial revolution is starting to kick in. He's just there at the very beginning of it, but he is interested in it. And um, he kind of goes back to dealing with the unfinished business of the state of Virginia, such as revising the Virginia Constitution and the gradual emancipation of slaves within the state. Yeah. <laughs> he dies at some point? He does. He does. Uh, actually, surprisingly enough, it doesn't mention Sally Hemings in this, even though this was from the Monticello Institute. Uh, <laughs> but shout out to the fact that those of you who aren't aware... Um, information did come out just recently as to Thomas Jefferson's uh, illicit affair with a slave, Sally Hemings. Basically what happens is his wife yeah. dies, uh, and then the really, um, not even unfortunate, it's just awful. I'm not yeah, going to it's not. I, uh, uh, essentially he, I didn't mean unfortunate well, as if to whitewash no, 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 that. But. Uh, essentially what he did is he forced himself on a slave, uh, had a couple kids with yeah. him. Uh, they had like a really, like I don't think they ever got married, but they had a... No, no, they didn't. But they... Yeah, they had a really messed up relationship. And then, and then when he but died, the is, he did not free her, which was yeah. even more fucked. Like the thing I do want to say though is, there's like, it's not uncommon. No. It wasn't uncommon during the time for slave owners to have no absolutely not with no their because to be honest, they saw them as property. Or non-consensual and yeah, I would venture a guess to say almost all the time it was non-consensual. Consensual, yeah. Because I hate to say it, where if anybody's ever and watched, I don't really know that consent is possible. In when, that situation. Well, and the point being is that when um when it's slaves, especially in this case, right? They they're basically seen as like property. That's what slaves are considered. So yeah, it's it's going to be non-consensual regardless because that owner could do whatever, and it's mm -hmm. all it's pretty horrible. I mean, if you really want something that kind of speaks to that experience i know roots is kind of a good ex example roots of it is good. There's a lot roots of... is good because mm -hmm. it shows that like it wasn't just white people owning black people there was a lot more in terms of the violations of human like decent it's human decent extremely decency. complicated 
It, but yeah, but it, but it still is awful. And yeah, you it figure is. out how awful it is to be the complicatedness of it. Exactly right, and it's like the part of you that's like I didn't want to know, but you do need to know. Like that's just sort of yeah. the way it goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that he's kind of that that is kept under wraps, but like wherein he she does have a couple of kids, right? Is the fact that up in this point now we kind of have to deal with that. It's the facts. There is written history and gene like genealogical evidence of that coming down yeah. the line. No, it's, it's, but, it's real. Yeah, it's real. Um, it's not like we're making this up. And so, if you think we're making this up, fuck you. Um, so when does Jefferson die? Uh, well, there's actually a couple things between his death, just like a couple other small details. What else does he do? Well, he, he does become the master planner for the University of Virginia. I don't know how oh, I, I feel about that. that. Yeah. yeah. He actually develops like the whole campus building. Mm-hmm. Um, he dies in Monticello on the 15th anniversary of the American Independence, July 4th, 1826. From worsening health and what, as I noted, was outdated medical practices. And the reason why is because I have this brought up as his cause of death. He started in ailing health in 1818. So was this outdated for the time? or? Outdated? Oh, it was outdated for the time and for now because it's definitely interesting the way that they handled it. So his health had been declining since 1818, even though he lived to be 83, which is pretty impressive. What's he used to go – he had rheumatism. So he was starting to deal with the issues of old age. He had rheumatism, so he used to go to mineral baths. He had a boil on his ass, which was interesting, oh, which wonderful. led to all sorts of other problems. Ben, this is the facts, my man. <laughs> boil on his ass. Boil on his ass. He had a septicema as a result of that. And so basically what happened here was, and this is where the outdated medical practices come in, his doctor gave him heavy doses of sulfur and mercury in an ointment to help oh, clear the infection. So now not only does he have that problem, he's yeah. got mercury poisoning, oh, exacerba- exacerbating his chronic bowel problems from the last year. This that man is a awful. fucking mess. His ailments included swollen legs, painful joints, fatigue, a fractured left wrist, a boil on his jaw, which sounds just all kinds of fun, increasing deafness and unspecified illnesses of two or three weeks durations in 1823 and 1824. Good lord. Jefferson's mind still stays the same, so that's good. He's not going crazy yet. He takes a lot of daily rides on horseback, which I don't know how you do with a, a lanced boil on your ass. Um... So actually, it was funny because the mention here here for the uh, Monticello.org is that they were impressed by his physical stamina. Well, at that point, it's just fucking impressive. With all that stuff going on, I'd be impressed he could take horseback rides too. I'm I'm impressed he could walk. Like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So uh, then the serious medical problem manifests itself in 1825, which in late July, Jefferson complained to James Monroe that he was experiencing a difficulty making water, which means he had a problem passing urine. He had prostate hypertrophy, hypertrophy, I think is the way it's pronounced, to have enough degree to obstruct the flow of urine and cause great pain from urinary retention. To treat his patient, Douglinson, which was his doctor, oh my god, (laughs) prescribes bougies, (laughs) that's the name of the thing, give me a second, flexible cylinders made of elastic gum, variable in size, which were introduced, oh basically it was a calf. Okay. I I hate pain when I cast the catheter cowboy. Oh no. <laughs> the original catheter cowboy. Okay. Um, yeah. The problem with that is is the days before sterile techniques were available, so guess what? That 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 man gets a fucking UTI and it gets worse from there. 
I, you know what? When you think about what time period you want to go back in time to, that time, fucking no. Because you're, like I said, like we constantly point out, drilling a hole in the skull to let the demons out is not a medical practice. Trepidation, Trepidation is not a thing anymore. It shouldn't be. So yeah, he. So the best part about this is so that what kills this man? So basically, a it's a litany of elements. It, crappy has. I they out. don't know. That's the thing. That's literally <laughs> it. They do not know. Not like with Napoleon, where they thought it was like stomach cancer or something like that. They just don't know. But apparently, his he's got a laundry list of problems. Oddly enough, I think his physician may have killed him. <laughs> so like he had toxemia from a kidney infection. Like he was just falling apart at this point. He was like an old truck. And it basically, they say that it was just a combination of problems the fact that his doctor was a moron. Okay. And he died. That's how it went. They don't actually have a direct issue, which is it's literally like the fucking Jenga toss of when you pull the one brick and everything falls over for him. So, yeah, that's how he goes. His, his legend outlives that death, and we know him today, and love him or hate him, he is a founder of the nation... But, misconceptions, here we go. It's uh, all about to get fun. Well, it's actually a little bit more tame than the Hitler one with the one testicle and Napoleon's dick in a box. Well, well you, okay. I will bring it back up. Oh, boy. What do you mean, thanks oh, boy? What do you mean, thanks for that? That's how it works, my dude. Let's go with these misconceptions. What is, what is, what let's these, go with these. What are these misconceptions? Let's, let's be PC. All right, anyway. So, first one, I, this one I hear a lot, actually, and you might when you do history with your students is thomas jefferson wrote the constitution no we've already hit this one already he did not have a hand in writing the constitution he did write the framing for the declaration of independence he did not write the constitution but the writing of it goes to multiple actors Mm -hmm. it was a sort of concerted effort and if you want to know who those are wiki that because i'm not going to do it google it no google it Google it, my dude. Actually, no. Fuck that. Bing that shit. No, do not bing it. Bing it. <laughs> bing does not need any support. Screw <laughs> Bing. Bing is not the Nestle of internet providers, all right? Bing is B-grade. Oh, okay, wow. All I'm, right, duck, duck, go. Calm a, down here. Not a fan of Bing. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Um, basically, that's the basic one. That misconception usually just comes from people not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Well, it's probably pretty easy to get the Declaration and the Constitution. Well, they're kind of running within the same time period. Yeah. And this is, I mean, within that lifetime, you know, so it is understandable, but check your facts. All right, people? All right, what's next? Anyway, PSA over. Thomas Jefferson was a Democrat slash Republican slash liberal slash conservative. Yeah, so this one... Is that just because people get confused that the word Democratic Republican is that one? It's kind of that. It's kind of that. So most people actually will state that Jefferson holds their particular political viewpoint. Like, I've had literally, like, no joke, I will talk to a left-leaning Democrat now and say that Jefferson held beliefs that they understand. I've talked to right-leaning Republicans who say the same thing. I've talked to fucking Green Party members who say that even though they weren't in existence for a hot minute. So, like, I don't know where they're getting that from. I've talked to anarchists who say that, which is weird, but, you know. So, basically, what is going on here is that people basically take Jefferson and sort of, like, mad-libs him into whatever their political opinion is. Because he did have bearing opinions as a person does. You know, that just happens. Not everybody's all right or all left, okay? So that's how that works. This misconception is attributed to the use of this historical figure in partisan politics. A lot of people now use him. It's like saying, like, um, that, like when we say Republicans is the party of Lincoln, we saying it now, it loses that meaning because it's not totally accurate, right? Because it, the political viewpoint has changed. But people still use it because it's... it's 
expeditious and Which, people yeah honestly at this point anybody who compares the democratic republicans to a modern political party is just completely wrong i know it's, it hurts to hear the people say that but anyway so yeah and uh his death it's difficult to claim jefferson is that star figure of any modern political party because the fucker's dead <laughs> oh really i mean that fucker in the most nice way possible <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't think you need to apologize for that. We did talk about what he did to his slaves, so... I well, mean, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, he wasn't lying about his political opinion, but he did rape somebody, so... Um, Thomas Jefferson was an atheist slash deist slash non-Christian. Uh, this one comes from his avid interest in science and history. A lot of people kind of connected the dots that didn't exist to the concept <laughs> that um, he likes science, therefore he must not believe in God. Well, actually, due to some of his personal documents and memoirs he used to talk about, he didn't believe in the reality. I mean, like, the reality was slightly complicated because he didn't strictly believe in the divinity of Jesus and the idea of him being, like, the son of God. I mean, this is just, like, the, what they're believing in, so we're not, we're not pushing Christianity here. Well, he would consider himself a Christian in practice, so people could go both ways on that one. It's kind of up in the air, but he's not definitely an atheist. He's kind of okay. going both directions. Thomas Jefferson was a Freemason, number four. Back to the back to fucking Nicholas Cage. Shout out to National Treasure. Um, the origins of the membership of Thomas Jefferson as a Freemason are murky at best. There is no concrete evidence that exists of his membership. The origins of the misconception come from the intriguing concept of having major political figures being involved in secret societies. So this idea may have come together through either pure fabrication or in unintentional rumor or intentional rumor. Although I will tell you, in researching that, because I wanted to make sure there was just this wasn't just somebody making this shit up. I went to, I'm pretty sure I went to a website that was run by the Freemasons. Nice. Because they were all under pseudonyms for all of the users on like a Reddit thread. And I'm very concerned that I'm going to go home tonight and I'm literally just going to get shot to death in my apartment. I don't think that's how that's the secret. There's a bunch. Ah, they spank each other with paddles. They're down for just about anything. Oh, that's the Skull and Crossbones Society, my man. Okay, what? Okay, so he's not a Freemason. He's not a Freemason, but people still use that. There is no written indication. If he is, we'll change that shit, but whatever. All right, now getting into the more wacky ones here. Uh, I actually got rid of the one that said he invented mac and cheese because that literally sounded too stupid. That. But it is literally, I've, I've literally included this as, like, part of my research is the source that I got this from. But, number five, Jefferson invented the coat hanger, the triple-sashed window, skylights, polygraphs, oxygen, and sliced bread. <laughs> that was my title. That's not actually it. <laughs> Whilst Jefferson would be known as somebody who is interested himself in new ideas and inventions, the passage of time, he has been added everyday inventions to his roster that may or may not have actually come from him like people literally will just say um what who, who who invented the light bulb thomas jefferson that's fucking wrong marjorie that's thomas Mar edison and that's wrong too nikola tesla Why did that first <laughs> i don't know it's like an old like white aunt i don't want to do karen because that's just too mainstream i don't okay. want to be out of the mainstream on karen marjorie. <laughs> marjorie's a fucking great name you shut your hole <laughs> All right. You're a Northsider. You should know that. <laughs> Joseph Klusinski or whatever. What? Like We're known for weird names here in Stevens Point. Anyway, um, there is a couple of things he actually did invent at this point. That's what they're saying he did. His main inventions were the wheel cipher, which was used sort of like diplomatic communications and stuff like that. Sort of people were getting into the idea of crypto. Yeah, no, no, no. Crypto analytics for documents and a revolving book stand. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Good job. He's, I want to see him at like a fucking tag talk 
This is a bookshelf and spins it. Everybody in the fucking group just loses their collective minds. Like, all the other inventions that were attributed to him, like the coat hanger, the triple sash window, the skylights, the polygraphs, he may have had a hand in creating them. He may have... In, he may have actually invented them, but it's out there. We don't know. He may have innovated on them or improved upon them. So it's kind of up in the air. But people tend to put innovated and improved and invented. And a lot of people just say, he was a fucking genius. Like, no. <laughs> he did not create the swivel chair. He innovated upon the swivel chair. How could you make the swivel chair better? It is already perfect. <laughs> I, you lost me. <laughs> you, you lost me there. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that one. You don't remember the uh, the uh, the uh, the the rap battles of history one between him and Frederick Douglass? Oh, he I says he, he invented the swivel chair. That immediately came to mind. Oh, it's a rap okay. lyric. It is. Look it up. And uh, my last one, my favorite one, number six, Thomas Jefferson. He loved to tote that dank, that 420 every day. That's bullshit. No, everyone and their stoner cousin now believes that Jefferson grew marijuana for consumption, i.e., the dankest consumption. Uh, it's provided as a funny aside for one of the more famous members of American history. The truth is he did grow hemp, but hemp was used in... But he used it for the creation of ropes and cloth and had none of the THC that makes you fucking stone. So, <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be putting it past me that the man, given the way he is, would literally, like, 20 years from now, Nicolas Cage will kick in, like, a part of the Oval Desk, or the, uh, the Resolute <laughs> Desk, and find, like, Thomas Jefferson's weed stash somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's gonna be great. Okay. You ready for some quotes, Jake? Oh, man. I have some quotes. Uh, so the first quote. Our greatest happiness does not depend upon the condition of life in which chance has placed us, but it is always the result of a good conscience, good health, occupation, and freedom in all just pursuits. What does that mean? <laughs> good question. And, and, what an oddly ambivalent statement. What the fuck? Coming from his background, the fact that he said the con- the condition of life in which chance has placed us. Chance has placed so us? Said, that is not a man where chance placed him anywhere. Actually, it gave him pretty good lines. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm before. saying. It didn't place him anywhere. It placed him in the best spot imaginable. Uh, here's another one. No freeman shall be debarred the use of arms. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that's a big out there. You believe in guns? Guns for everyone? Guns for everyone except for black people. Yeah, because they weren't free. Yeah, they weren't. Uh, I never considered a difference of opinion in politics, in religion, in philosophy as cause for withdrawing from a friend. Oh, really? Really? (laughs) Oh, you can channel John Adams? Oh, really, Thomas? Is that right? (laughs) What's your shit, man? Well, since it was all John Adams' fault, they weren't homies anymore. (laughs) Wow, okay. I mean, I don't know. You and John Adams ain't homies, I guess. Uh, the man who reads nothing at all is better educated than who the man who reads nothing but newspapers. Interesting. Um, so he's basically saying if you just read the news, you're not learning anything. <laughs> it's like Donald Trump before he was Donald Trump. Well, I mean, to a point, I mean, but he, he has sense. a little bit of a point. He's not saying don't read the news. He's just saying you should read other things, too. Other than the news. Yeah. That's actually pretty apt court. I like that one. That's not that bad. Uh, and then the last one I have, just because this one is just kind of weird, and I thought it was interesting. Always take hold of things by the smooth handle. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know what that's supposed to that be. That was the... Wait, whoa, whoa. The smooth handle. <laughs> back... Handle. Whoa. Pump the brakes, Paco. What the fuck? Smooth handle. The smooth handle. Is that is like... That sounds like... As my, opposed to the coarse handle. I know. That sounds like our fucking jazz nickname, smooth handle. 
It sounds like an innuendo. It, it really does. Sounds. That's what most jazz nicknames are. Here's <laughs> Johnny Davis and his smooth handlers. I don't know what that means. The Dixieland Jazz Band. <laughs> smooth handle. And the new hit, Smooth Handle. Oh, God. Uh-huh. I'm Lee Willis. Oh, no. I'm about to do the vocals for Smooth Handle. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. He's like Yacht Rock. It's not great. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so this was Thomas Jefferson. Uh, yeah. If you have any questions on our episode, feel free to hit us up again. Our Gmail is hackedhistory101 mm-hmm. at gmail.com. If we made any factual mistakes, which we probably did. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely feel free to let us know. Um, and then next week, Jake, we're going to do Joseph Stalin. Ooh, nice. The man of steel. <laughs> the man who literally, like, didn't mind his son trying to shoot himself. This is going to be a real wild one. I'm all about it. Definitely. Yeah, those of you who may or may not be listening in Russia, hit us up because I know you may or may not love this man still. Please don't kill us. We're gonna get poisoned. We're gonna no, I'm just gonna be beaten to death with fucking tire chains outside my apartment. I'll be Perfect. Sticks in angry men in jumpsuits. Alright. Alright. Don't kill us, Russia. See you next week, everybody. Yep. I